The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Folks, Montreal Canadiens remain winless in the preseason of the 2022-23 NHL year. Hello and welcome to another special non-numbered episode of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and you know what? I I would be pissed off about them being winless at this point. I'd like I would like to see one win in the preseason. I'd like to see some sign that that we're not going to go 0 and 82. Um, although 0 and 82 again, if we go back to Team Tank, what's that going to get us? The best possible odds at getting Connor Bedard. However, uh, I would like to see a win. Uh, 0 and 82 would not be a fun year. It'd be a very long year of recording podcasts here in my office. And uh, I'd, I'd like to see a win. Uh, they didn't get that. They lost 5-1 to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs icing a roster pretty damn close to what we might see from them in the regular season. So it's not a shocker that the Habs lost to that lineup. It was a pretty good lineup for Toronto. Uh, they had some of their stars out there, most of their stars out there. Um, Austin Matthews was there. Mitch Marner was there. And uh, they were clearly the better team for the most part in that game. Uh, so what happened? I guess let's let's do a quick recap. Uh, Leafs get an early power play. It was a bit of a bullshit hooking call on Jonathan Drouin. Um, yeah, I felt like he reached under and just got a good stick lift through the legs, uh, but they called it. Leafs get a power play. Tic-tac-toe. Michael Bunting down below throws it out front to William Nylander. He puts it in. Uh, one nothing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then later on in the period, just a bit of a weird one. Uh, Zach Aston Reese just kind of whacks at a loose puck through traffic. Beats Jake Allen, makes it 2-0, and we're feeling like, all right, the route might be on here. Second period, more of the same. About five minutes into the period, William Nylander gets the puck out front of the net. It looks like an absolute nothing play. Like, there's nothing there. He doesn't really have anywhere to go with it. And he puts a beautiful backhander over top of Jake Allen. I wanted to be mad at Jake Allen for that goal because... Like there was there was no traffic. He was it was just him versus Nylander. But then when they replayed it and I saw the slow mo, I was like, Jesus, effing Christ! William Nylander put that where nobody was getting it. I don't know, man. Carey Price at his best might not have stopped that one. That was a ridiculous shot by Nylander, and that made it three nothing. And the Habs just incapable of really getting anything going. They were having some chances, but it's like. You know, even when they got in the power play, for example, they were just passing the puck too many times. Like, sometimes you just got to put it on net. And uh, that was kind of the same story in the third period as well. However, they finally get one. I thought we were going to get shut out, and we didn't. 
late third, under six minutes to play, or around six minutes to play. I can't really remember. Uh, Habs get a power play. Uh, nice wing drive by Josh Anderson creates a little bit of space. He leaves it for Uri Slavkovsky. Uri Slavkovsky drives to the net, takes the shot. It gets stopped, takes a second shot, also stopped. However, Jonathan Drouin standing there, Johnny on the spot, puts it in. Score is now 3-1 to one for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but, of course, it ended 5-1, to one, as I mentioned already. Uh, so two other dickheads that play for the Toronto Maple Leafs scored goals. Um, who cares? We're not going to recap those ones. I think one of them was Alexander Kerfoot. Dickhead. Um, <laughs> that's not nice. What are you going to do? 5-1 for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But like I say, after every single preseason game, what are we talking about? We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We're we're talking about practice. We're supposed to be talking about here the franchise players and shit. And what are we doing? We're in here talking about practice. So what did we learn? Right? What did we learn? Well, your silver lining of the night, your player of the game, whatever you want to call it, your Slavkovsky. Um, he showed definite measurable improvement from what we've seen from him throughout the rest of the preseason so far. I said this before in one of the previous episodes where he played that he looks a little bit tentative, like he's not too sure what to do with the puck. We still saw a little bit of that, but we also saw better positioning, better vision. Um, we, we saw him go on a couple of skates up ice that, that looked really promising. Um, he seems like he's starting to get more of a feel for the speed of the NHL, for what it's like to play on the small ice, and I think it's coming along. He could have had a couple of goals on the night. He got robbed at one point um, where I forget who it was, made, made a beautiful pass over to him on like a, like a two-on-one sort of a partial two-on-one anyways, and he put a really good shot on net, and he was going for the near post. He was trying to go short side, which is what he should have done in that situation as a left-handed shot coming down the right wing, and he just got robbed. I mean, maybe eight, nine times out of ten, that ends in a goal, right? But a great save. Can't fault Uri Slavkowski for that. Uh, I liked seeing him get to the right spot more often than not, and he did that there. He also had... A beautiful pass. Gains the zone and threw an absolutely perfect pass through traffic over to Mike Hoffman. Should have been a goal for Mike Hoffman and should have been the second, well, it would have been at that point the first assist, but it should have been a two-assist night for Uri Slavkovsky at that point um, by the end of the game because Mike Hoffman, of course, goes to the backhand and throws this ridiculously weak, shitty backhander on net and it gets stopped. But point being I really liked the way Slavkovsky gained the zone there and the fact that he was able to be smart enough to put on the brakes turn towards the middle and throw that pass like that pass took some it took some stones to throw that pass there's a possibility anytime you throw a pass like that and you don't have a guy immediately there and you're going through a number of sticks from the opposition that you get picked off and that the puck's going the other way but he had the stones on him had the stones Gave it enough mustard and put it tape to tape for Mike Hoffman. I mean, if you put that same pass on Cole Caulfield's stick, it's in the back of the net. Now, I don't know that for sure, right? But I have a pretty strong feeling that if that pass was to, uh, you know, a Nick Suzuki or a Cole Caulfield, it's in the back of the net. If it was almost anyone other than Mike Hoffman. I am clearly not a very big Mike Hoffman fan. <laughs> um... I guess I could segue into that. Yeah, he's he's pissing me off in the preseason. It's I, I get that he's an NHL player, and he knows he's going to be on the NHL roster. He knows he's going to play NHL games this year. 
But like, let's see a little bit more effort. Let's see a little bit more creativity. I mean, he had an opportunity at one point where he could have gotten an easy goal if he just shoots it. And we know he's at his best when the puck's on his stick for half a second and then he lets it go. But of course he doesn't. He holds onto it, double clutches, and then turns into nothing. He's bad defensively. Um, not super excited about the prospect of seeing another full season of him on the Montreal Canadiens roster. But I digress. I'm trying to be positive during this preseason. If we're not going to win any games, I'm at least going to look for positive signs. Yuri Slavkovsky, massive positive sign. Another big positive sign was Sean Monahan. Sean Monahan has not played a game of hockey in like a calendar year. I think it's been a full calendar year. I'd have to double check that, and I'm not going to because I'm lazy, but I'm pretty sure it's been about a year. If it hasn't been a year, it's been close enough to it. And he looked great. Uh, he got a breakaway at one point where he put a really good move on and also got robbed. Uh, the Leafs got goaltending today. I mean, they're probably hoping that they continue to get that throughout the course of the year because it's never been much of a strength for them. But, I mean, I, I liked Monahan's wiggle on that one. He gets loose, puts on a really good move, and almost scores. And he was good throughout the game. He was one of the better players at 5-on-5 five five for Montreal. Effective. Really good statistical game out of him. This is a guy, man, that the Habs got a draft pick just for taking on his contract. So they got a first-rounder in 2025 just for taking the contract. And the betting man would be placing money right now on that he does not finish the year with the Montreal Canadiens, that they're probably going to trade him before the deadline because he's on an expiring contract. If he plays like that night in, night out, and stays healthy, there is a legitimate possibility that they end up getting two first-rounders because somebody might be willing to pay a first-rounder plus to get Sean Monaghan on their team, especially if he can get back to something close to what he once was. I'm not saying he's got to be an 80-point player again. That might that ship may have sailed. He may never be an 80-point player again. But if he chips in 20 goals, the TSN guys were talking about it. I had to watch on TSN tonight, unfortunately. I don't know why, but I did. And the TSN guys were talking about it. They were saying, you could pencil this guy in for 25. And I'm like, really? If he scores 25, we're getting a first-rounder for sure. If he scores 20, <coughs> I think if he scores 20, we're getting a first-rounder out of him. The question is, how much can he score, and what is that going to be worth at the deadline? I think we got a chance to get some significant assets out of uh, Sean Monaghan here, especially considering that we've already got uh, the first-round draft pick. So um, that's a brilliant move by Kent Hughes, and I can't wait to see what happens there. And of course, I've said this before, I do think that there is a universe where he plays well enough that they go, you know what? You're part of the rebuild. And then somebody else gets traded. I don't know who that somebody would be. Um, I think Monaghan is a much more obvious candidate uh, to go to a contender and help them out. But there is a universe for that as well. So good. Th At the end of the day, it's a great sign to see that he looks like he's back uh, in good health and capable of, of you know contributing on this team. Because whatever that means, it's, it's good for Montreal. And uh, who else did I like? Uh, Jonathan Drouet um, obviously scored the power play goal. Um, the only one that the Habs got in the game. So you got to give him uh, you know, a little clap for that. But I also really liked his compete defensively. He had a play at one point where he came screaming down the wing on a back check and pickpocketed, I think it was Bunting. I think it was Michael Bunting. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Really, just to see him scream down the wing like that, to have that kind of effort on a back check in a preseason game, uh, it was impressive. I was very happy to see it. 
I don't. I made a joke on Twitter. I think people thought I was serious. I'm like, is now the time we get to talk about having a Jonathan Drouin breakout season? And, you know, almost every year since he's been with the Habs, that's always kind of been the conversation going into the year. And I'm I'm ready to chill out on that a little bit and not get into that conversation myself. But it is a very good sign for the Montreal Canadiens that he's looking like he's starting to play better. He's a guy that probably isn't going to be traded at the deadline. They probably want to hang on to him um, because you might have to eat salary if you trade him. And I don't think that they want to eat salary. But there's a possibility that if he plays well enough, there could be a deal out there for him. There's also a possibility, again, similar to Monaghan, that if he plays well enough, they go, you know what? We got something going on here, and maybe we can parlay that in towards making the rebuild go a little bit quicker. You need some veteran players, and he'd be a veteran player within the next you know, two, three years timeline that it would be possible for the Canadians to get back to competing. I don't know. They've been very tight-lipped about when precisely they want to be back in that title picture. And if you say all right, well, it's going to be five, six years. If they came out and said that, then I'd be like, all right, well, he's going to be gone by then. But they haven't said that. And it kind of sounds like they want it to be a little bit quicker than that. So if it is two, three years, maybe Jonathan Drouin could be a significant part of that. Um, I don't know. But I again, all this to say, I just really liked his compete level. I liked the effort that I saw from him, uh, especially considering that it was a preseason game. Kind of the polar opposite of Mike Hoffman in terms of an effort perspective. And again, another guy who knows he's going to be on the NHL roster. He's not going to get put on waivers. He's not His job's not in jeopardy, but he's putting in significantly more effort. I love that. Um, who else? Who else did I enjoy? Um, I think Evgeny Dadunov was all right. Uh, he had a few plays that kind of pissed me off. Like he had an opportunity to send Christian Dvorak in on a breakaway and completely missed the the saucer pass. But outside of that, he, he looked pretty dynamic. Another guy that probably has gone at the deadline. And again, if he chips in 20 plus goals, first round pick, maybe, maybe more. Who knows? I, I mean, th- there's a lot of possibilities at the deadline. And I really enjoyed seeing a, a little bit of, you know, promise from some of the guys that are expected to potentially be traded at that point. So, um, you know, it's it's a 5-1 loss, right? Nobody likes watching their team lose 5-1, not even in the preseason. But as 5-1 losses go, this was about as enjoyable as I could ask it to be because I saw, you know, first of all, our first overall draft pick played really well. That's important. That's incredibly important. Um Oh, Kirby Doc also. Kirby Doc also had a pretty damn good game. Uh, he was playing with Slavkovsky, and uh, he's a new addition to the team and somebody who they clearly seem to think is part of the rebuild. So you saw some guys who are potentially part of the rebuild play pretty well. The first overall draft pick played his best game of the preseason. Uh, some guys that you expect are potentially going to get traded at the deadline showed that maybe they're going to up their value before that time comes. I mean, again, as 5-1 losses go, this is about as good as you could expect to see. So uh, fucking stoked for tomorrow's game against Ottawa. Maybe we can get our first win of the preseason. I'm going to cut it off there because we are running at 15 minutes, over 15 minutes already. So it's a big soirée for the employees of soutien. And the employees of soutien will be active tomorrow soir aussi contre Ottawa. So... Merci à tout le monde de m'avoir écouté aujourd'hui. Um, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I appreciate it very much. Thank you again for listening. And of course, à la prochaine.